Uh, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And um, essentially what we've seen, just to bring you up to speed with the context, I mean, we've sort of seen Paul's word to for how to live in light of being a saved Christian generally. Then he moved uh, last week into how husbands and wives should relate to each other. And today we're going to look at just a couple of verses about parenting, although we're going to spend more than just this week on parenting. Uh, so it reads like this, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. End of reading. Real short little uh, section of verses. And actually, you know, I think one of the things about child rearing in uh, the New Testament is there's not a ton about it, but when we take the whole sort of corpus of scripture, we do find that we get quite a bit of insight. But we're not going to go over all that today. We're just going to go over a very little bit today. We're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about the gospel in our parenting. So, um, before I had children, um, I was the uh, I think in my mind pretty close to the perfect parent. I had a pretty good idea of how this thing was supposed to go, of how one was supposed to uh, act as a parent. Uh, in my mind, I. I think I had it pretty well worked out. Um, and then, uh, and then I had children and everything amazingly changed very quickly. And I realized that in almost every way I was lost all the time as a father of three boys, uh, now with two in junior high and one just starting kindergarten, I realized all the time how much I feel uh, dazed and confused about being a parent or how much I'm aware of my shortcomings as a parent. And, uh, and so I want to look to the Word of God for not only comfort for when I've messed up, but also insight for, for what to do. And so uh, if we look at today's text at face value, it sounds so simple. Uh, kids, obey your parents and everything. There we go. Kids, just be obedient. Done and done. Just do everything that I say, and everything will work out fine. But there's more to the text than meets the eye. Um, for starters, the Bible never presents an unrealistic picture of humanity, including kids. And so God knows that even from conception, Psalm 51 says this, kids start out with a sin nature that can't help but rebel. Uh, as Proverbs 22:15 says, one of my favorite verses, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. If you're a brand new parent, it may be hard to believe, but your little angel is already tainted and stained with sin. If you've been a parent for a little while, you don't need any convincing of that fact. Um, the truth is, even from birth, they needed a savior just as much as anyone else. And it ain't us parents that can save them. Thank God. So the first thing we need to know uh, when we think about parenting is that we're raising people just like us that have a proclivity to rebel, that have a proclivity inside their heart to push against authority, whether that be God, whether that be us, whatever the case may be, that's what the sin nature does. So when the Bible tells us that children should obey everything in the Lord, that is absolutely true, 
but it also recognizes that merely commanding obedience is not going to produce obedience. Just like with us, merely commanding obedience does not produce a heartfelt desire to obey. To shout, obey me, doesn't produce the desire to actually want to do it. For that, we need something else. And so here's what I'm going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think the Bible instructs us to raise obedient children, but it does it this way. It does it by, number one, uh, asking us as parents to lead them to grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. To number two, motivate obedience by speaking of grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Instruct them in what they should do in light of grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And finally, discipline them for disobedience in light of grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so today, for the rest of our time, I'm going to talk about the first one, leading our kids to grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, <clears throat> for me, the way that I think we should parent is often uh, sadly different than the way I actually parent. And I just have to confess that to you. I'm going to tell you things right now that I know should be what I do, but oftentimes I don't do. I mean, I thunder from the pulpit about the need to raise our kids with grace alone, but then all the time try and motivate them with law alone. All the time. Now, the law is good. The law is good, as long as it is used lawfully, Paul says. The problem is, with my kids a lot of the time, if I'm honest, I'm not using it the way it's designed to be used. Now, let me just break that down a little bit. The law's primary function is to kill us. The law's primary function is to crush us and to destroy our confidence in ourselves for our salvation. It's meant primarily, it's the first, uh, it's the primary use is to show us our sin and therefore our deep, deep need for a savior. It is not primarily meant to be used as a guidebook for living or basic instructions before leaving earth or whatever you wanna say. The law is ultimately meant to reveal to us a holy God who cannot be pacified by any of our works, but only the works of his son. That is the primary use of the, of the law. But instead of using the law this way, when it comes to my parenting, I find I so often use the law as a means to make my boys at least behave a little bit better for a little while. I don't want the outside world to see how uncivilized my kids can be. Uh, so I make threats of punishment if they don't do this or do that. I promise rewards as long as they, quote, act appropriately. Temporarily, this may work on the outside. They can comb their hair. They can put on nice clothing and speak respectfully. All things that may even garner me a compliment from someone for my, quote, well-behaved boys. And yet within, if I'm not careful, I can produce a child that becomes pharisaical that only learns to do good things on the outside, but never has a desire to do them from their heart. The only thing that can produce that is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. And so our set of verses this week give us a little insight into all this. It says children are told to obey their parents. Why? What's the motivation? Because this pleases the Lord. Now, implicit in that 
is an assumption that the child will actually want to please the Lord. They'll actually care about doing works that delight Him. That in turn assumes that these kids have been regenerated by the Spirit of God. So these are Christian kids Paul is speaking to. So the first thing we need to do before anything else is we need to think through as parents whether our kid actually is a Christian. How do we determine that? How do we determine that our child is a member of God's adopted family? Well, I believe the way we determine that is not by necessarily looking into our child's heart because who can really do that? I believe it, it doesn't come down to being able to look at their fruit because on any given day, any of our fruit can be uh, rotten looking and frankly is rotten sometimes. I believe we have to look to the means of God's grace where he says he regenerates people. And that is in the waters of baptism. And so the first question I would ask you is, before you try to get your kids to be obedient, have you baptized your child? Have you brought them to the Lord there? Because if you have, then guess what? God says he's placed his name on them. God says that they're his. God says they're his kids, and therefore he is already working in them. He's working in their hearts to produce a desire for obedience. Hold on just a second. And now you see the problem with live recording in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> outside. Um, so, uh, so I would say the first thing you got to do to determine your child's a Christian is you got to say, have I brought him to the Lord in baptism? Have I trusted that the Lord is already working in his heart to produce a desire to be obedient to his word? Do I, do I uh, know that Jesus has done everything for my child and therefore Jesus is going to produce that desire to want to be obedient? Jesus is going to uh, convict my child when he is uh, erring. Am I trusting in that? And so um, you, want to, you want to start off there. You want to start off as a parent saying, am I, am I causing them to remember who they are in Christ? Am I reminding them of our, their identity that they, as Christian kids, are forgiven sinners, that they are more loved than they can possibly imagine? that Jesus Christ has paid for every sin that they do on any given day. Is that an emphasis of mine? Am I talking about that with my kids all the time? Because just like you need to be reminded of that all the time, they need it too. They need it too. They, your kids, even when they're really, really little, need to hear that the God they serve is a God who loves them enough to bleed and die for them. He's a God who calls himself their father. When they blow it, they need to be reminded of that. Yes, they need to be instructed, and yes, they need to be disciplined. Uh, believe me, I'll talk about that next week. But if the foundation is not what God has done for them in Jesus Christ, you, you're in danger of creating Pharisees, and none of us wants to do that. We want to produce. We want kids that love Jesus and obey Jesus and obey us, not because of fear or threat, but because... They know they've first been loved with a greater love than they can possibly imagine. 
So let me let me close with uh, a quote from my friend Elise Fitzpatrick. Somebody mentioned this already uh, from her book, Give Them Grace. It's a wonderful book about parenting. If you don't have it, you should get it. It's uh, I think it, it sort of is a paradigm shift for a lot of people, but it's really, really helpful. She says, quote, uh, most of us are painfully aware that we're not perfect parents. We're also deeply grieved that we don't have perfect kids. Amen. But the remedy to our mutual imperfections isn't more law, even if it seems to produce tidy or polite children. Christian children and their parents don't need to learn to be, quote, nice. They need death and resurrection and a Savior who has gone before them as a faithful high priest, who was a child himself and who lived and died perfectly in their place. They need a Savior who extends the offer of complete forgiveness, total righteousness, and indissoluble adoption to all who will believe. This is the message we all need. We need the gospel of grace and the grace of the gospel. Children can't use the law any more than we can because they'll respond to it the same way we do. They'll ignore it or bend it or obey it outwardly for selfish purposes. But this one thing is certain. They won't obey it from the heart because they can't. That's why Jesus had to die for them. Indeed, may we raise up kids in such a way. May I raise up my boys in such a way that they learn to look to Jesus and from him become the kind of people he wants them to be. Well, I hope for you parents or would-be parents someday, this is a helpful sort of intro to this topic. Next week, we'll talk about uh, some more nuts and bolts, discipline and instruction and how that looks uh, from one imperfect, very imperfect parent to another. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless.